successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello, welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, we are excited about today's show. You're listening to KMBZ 980 AM. And you're connected to me on GrillNationShow.com. I also appreciate listening via podcast. Uh, on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. Uh, very exciting show today. Let me preview the show real quick, and then we'll thank our partners and supporters. We have uh, Michael Viazzoli, who's uh, the president and CEO of Bank of Kansas City, will be joining us on the show today. We'll also be joined by entrepreneur and uh, civic leader here in Kansas City, Matt Condon, who's the uh, CEO of Bardavan Health Innovations and ARC Physical Therapy. Uh, also is the vice chairman of the Greater Kansas City Chamber of Commerce and uh, was one, one of the leaders on the Kansas City Big Five Initiative for Entrepreneurship, the Greater Kansas City Chamber of Commerce. He's also won the Mr. K Award uh, from the chamber and obviously has done pretty well in his life, uh, receiving other accolades, which I will try not to name off all of them, but uh, been a, many, many awards for his entrepreneurship uh, skills and his business innovation uh, from groups throughout the area. Uh, Michael also will come on and talk about the uh, partnership with MoBank that has been finalized uh, between Bank of Kansas City and MoBank, two great Kansas City companies, uh, on the show today. I want to thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation. Um, they are great companies here in Kansas City and do great work throughout the areas. Uh, title sponsor is Bank of Kansas City. Trust, two West Advisors and Ryan Rink, also contributors to Grill Nation show, are Danny Pfeiffer and Catalyst, Government Affairs, The Rieger KC and Jay Rieger & Co., Ryan Maybe, Kansas City Power and Light District, KC Tech Council, Ryan Weber, and Reactor Design Studios in Clifton Alexander. All of those folks I named off at the end come on uh, once in a while as uh, guest hosts and contributors. I really thank uh, Trust, Bank of Kansas City, and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rank for being the awesome title sponsors of this show and uh, for uh, bringing on people like uh, Matt Condon, who sits next <laughs> to me right now, uh, thank you, Michael Viazoli. Michael will be joining us in the next segment, and we're going to get really in-depth with uh, all the different things Matt Condon and Michael uh, want to talk about, but more importantly, uh, Matt Condon's entrepreneurship journey, and uh, talk a little bit at the end of the show today about uh, some of the things that he's learned uh, through his through his years as an entrepreneur and also about Kansas City and some things that are really exciting. Uh, Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having it's me. great to have you on. Um, so I really kind of just want to, Touch it. We have about five minutes in this first segment. I want to talk about kind of Kansas City. I know you travel a lot uh, with your business, and we'll get into your business in the next segment. But um, we're trying to become one of America's most entrepreneurial cities. That's been kind of our our task since yes. uh, 2011, 2012, or somewhere in that area. Right. You know, yes. you kind of got involved in 2013 or 14, kind of leading that charge. Um, where are we now on the on the spectrum of of that? Because you travel to Boston and you know all these Austins of the world, yeah. uh, Silicon Valley a lot with your business. How do you think Kansas City rates now? Are people do, have they heard of us? Uh, 
are they excited about what we're doing? What's going on in that world? Uh, they, they've definitely heard about us. So we were we went from kind of this conversation about it could be in Kansas City to I think a, a recognition right now that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a long ways to go. We're far from perfect, uh, but there are really special things happening, and it's and it's not just being recognized in Kansas City; it's being recognized in other cities when you go out. I mean, it used to be why are you in Kansas city? And now the conversation is tell me more about what's going on in Kansas city. Cause we're hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that then, was a Google fiber thing. Obviously helped to spark that at the beginning Google on fiber a national was huge. level. Google fiber was huge. I think the chamber putting a stake in the ground saying, we're going to make this a, a, a goal to make Kansas city, the most entrepreneurial city in America. You know, we're going to put that flag down and we're going to, we're going to focus on it as an aspirational goal mm-hmm. and put wood behind the arrow and really um, put some effort to it. Mm-hmm. Gather a lot of thought leaders from this community from their organizations and, and get them behind it. There's been iterative, you know, touches that we've done and, and movements. But, but I think what happens is if you really step back and look at it, there is incredible momentum here. And I know we're going to talk about mm-hmm. what's happening in my businesses, what's happening in Michael's business. And, and I think the overriding um, impact is, is just that it's momentum. Mm-hmm. The city has great momentum right now. It does. And, um, you know, I was sitting on a bus at, a, at the Kauffman <laughs> Foundation's Mayor's Conference on Entrepreneurship in Florida a few weeks ago with the Chief Innovation Officer of the City of Louisville. The City of Louisville has an awesome mayor. He's an entrepreneur himself. He's made a bunch of money and is just a brilliant guy, uh, Greg Fisher. And his new innovation officer, when I was talking to her about Kansas City, she was talking about Google Fiber yeah. and how they don't have it yet. And I yeah. was kind of like, oh, my God, that seems like light years ago. Yeah. That was a big deal to us. You know, and, and now it's yeah. we've come so far, um, but there are cities out there that are wanting it still, Absolutely. like the size of Louisville. So um, it's yeah. pretty incredible, and yeah. uh, it's it's interesting to hear that, and it's the people know about that. They know about that, and then I think what we're starting to recognize is how important institutions like the Kaufman Institute can be. Oh yeah, and they're sitting right here in Kansas City, and and their leadership has really become invested in this community or reinvested. They have really, and the, the foundation Absolutely. has done a lot here in Kansas City recently. Wendy Gillis and Nate Kurtz and Victor Wang; those people are unbelievable, and mm-hmm. they they care about this community and are investing in this community in mm-hmm. ways that, at least from my experience, I can't speak to prior. Um, you know, leadership, but, but it certainly is, is tangible to me that there's been a, um, a rejuvenation of, of interest in our community. Mm-hmm. One thing people don't understand too is like they always say Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley, but if you really look at the history of it, you know, it was a farm, right? And then one company started and they gave their employees the, basically the, the right to start other businesses. Yeah. And those other businesses grew. I always like the comparison between, um, I can't remember the name of the business off the top of my head right now, but comparing the Silicon Valley company to Texas Instruments in Texas, yeah. Texas Instrument was basically the, uh, the exact same business, and they kind of kept everyone within. Yep. And this company in Silicon Valley basically grew hundreds and thousands of other companies, multimillionaires, yeah. which basically was the genesis behind Silicon Valley growing and becoming what it is today. Um, and so I encourage businesses to let entrepreneurs – not not just keep everything within and let people grow, uh, which is pretty interesting. That that's why Silicon Valley became what it is, uh, where you know, and those people came from the East Coast. I mean, easily could have been in Boston or New York or easily. DC or wherever, and it it ended up out there where yeah. there was basically nothing at the time. Nothing. Yeah, and, it's been fifty years. Really, fifty. It's it's an incredible fifty year story, but it's just fifty years. And if we really put time into it now, it's going to take time. So we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to compete with those cities next year or the year after, but we're on a path to getting to where we can be a really special entrepreneurial city. And, and I talked to Victor Wong from the Coffin Foundation. Uh, Vic, or Victor's the VP of Entrepreneurship last week on the show, uh, or two weeks ago, and he was he was, grew up in Austin, 
He went to yeah. high school, a great school in Austin or high school. And, and he, you know, we're a bigger city than Austin. Uh, we have professional sports team. We have right. maybe more amenities, but they're growing pretty fast because of the tech boom and the entrepreneurship boom. And he sees a lot of the similarities here that maybe were there uh, when they kind of got that thing going there. So that's exciting to hear. It is exciting. And we have, and we have a lot more resources than that resources. And we do. We have companies throughout our history that have been very entrepreneurial. Yeah, we have Cerner. We have, you know, all uh, unbelievable companies that are, are their intellectual capital is being spread out. And now we have some exits. Yeah. And just like what happened in Silicon Valley, you're seeing people who exited businesses here reinvesting into other startups here. And that's, that's when that's that's a special moment to recognize uh, when you see people exiting and reinvesting in in Kansas City startups and not leaving and not staying leaving. in Kansas City because as as cheesy it may sound this is a great place to raise a family I mean it is a really special place to um, you know grow a family and and that's a that's an asset that we need to continue to leverage that's very cool uh, Matt Condon is our guest today on Grill Nation Show CEO of Bardavan Health Innovations and ARC Physical Therapy Vice Chairman of the Greater Kansas City Chamber of Commerce. We'll be joined by Michael Vizzoli, President and CEO of Bank of Kansas City, as we come back after the break. It's going to be a great show today. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. We'll be right back. Running down the street like your hair's on fire. Thoughts running past like a man on a wire. Can't stop laughing, but I don't know why. Don't... Keep them going crazy, though. TV and the radio been watching since a baby, so I'm representing Casey Mo. Casey Mo. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. You're listening to Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Appreciate you joining me today as well on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and for visiting GrillNationShow.com's website where you can find a list of all of our uh, supporters, partners, and also uh, links to our podcasts and photos of our guests. We will be sharing photos of our guests on social media as well, and you can hit me up on, on there on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Very lucky today. Um, Kind of previewed this in our first segment today to have on one of our title sponsors of the Grill Nation show, uh, Michael Viazzoli, who's the president and CEO of Bank of Kansas City. And uh, one of the great things about knowing Michael is that he uh, connects uh, us and our show and me to great entrepreneurs and leaders in our community, both on a civic level and a, a business level. And one of the guests that we have in studio today is Matthew Condon, who's the CEO of uh, ARC Physical Therapy Plus and Bardavan, Bardavan Health Innovations. Uh, Matt is very active in the Chamber of Commerce, vice chairman of the Chamber of Commerce. He led the Big Five Initiative uh, on entrepreneurship and has been very active in our community and has a really good story to share about everything uh, he's learned in his entrepreneurial journey. And uh, we love having people like that on the show. So welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thank you very thank much. Thank you. Thanks for uh, joining me today. Uh, Michael, you have, um, first off, let's start with you. Um, We've talked about this, uh, gosh, it seems like almost probably maybe a year ago or it's six about ago. a year, yeah. Um, Bank of Kansas City and, and Missouri Bank or Mo Bank have uh, formed a, a partnership, if you will. Uh, right. Talk to us about that and kind of how exciting that is for you all. Well, it's uh, it's uh, in a way scary to think it was a year ago when we announced on December eighth that I remember it being cold outside like it is now. <laughs> it was it was quite cold. Um, that that um, our parent company, BOK Financial, was going to to purchase Missouri Bank or Mo Bank, and um, the year the the approval process for the regulators went a little bit longer than we anticipated. Mm-hmm. But we just finally closed on November thirtieth, and so now as of December first, uh, Missouri Bank or Mo Bank and and us at Bank Kansas City were all part of the same corporate family, 
And what that year did was allow us a lot more time to think through what is our strategy going to be? How are we going to fit together? But more importantly, from a culture perspective, we were able to kind of really think through what it is has kind of helped them be successful and be recognized for what they did and help us be successful and recognized for what we did. Mm-hmm. And then how do we bring those two together where we don't lose any of what we've done but build something new and different? And so that's where Grant Bertram and I, we spend most of our time these days is thinking about how do we make all that work as together as one. So it's a lot of fun. It seems like a good fit for both of you all and uh, both banks because you both bring unique things to the table, I think, that help each other. I and, and that certainly is why we thought they were the best best organization in town to partner up with, and I certainly get a sense that they feel the same today. And I should stop saying they and we because we're all we, but um, definitely are now. I'm getting letters, from, getting uh, letters from Mo Grant Bank, and which me. I, uh, and that's right. Which I have an account at. I love, right. I love banking there, so I'm glad. I'm even I'm even more happy now that I have more options. <laughs> well, and that and that's that's true. Uh, a lot of what you know, MoBank for. Now think about all the things that you would have gone to your bank to discuss or get some advice on. We have all those resources already today, so don't mirror those up. And Grant and I have been actually doing these kind of mini roadshows internally, going to different locations and talking about our vision for the future and what are we going to do. And it's been a really neat discussion to try and kind of get people to to really kind of frame frame their mindset around that but what's fundamentally is nothing's going to change along a couple different ways. One is all of us are dedicated to our clients mm-hmm. and all of us are dedicated to make our community better. So it doesn't matter what your logo is or was, that's true across the board. And that's what's neat about our people. And in many ways, our industry is commoditized, so you need to distinguish yourself that way. Um, but what's also going to be neat is Wednesday, Thursday, we're getting probably our top 40 to 50 people together in market just to think about now that we're together, what else can we achieve? And I, I keep saying that we're not going to be one plus one equals two. Mm-hmm. And I wish there was a better way to describe it, but it's going to be one plus one is something different. Mm-hmm. And as I look across our overly competitive landscape, I, I would challenge anybody uh, as to kind of what we can deliver in a way that's different and satisfy anybody and be supportive of anybody and what they want to accomplish mm-hmm. corporately or personally. That's awesome. And one of the things that I liked about MoBank when I got a, started a business was they were very um, uh, friendly, felt like I was, uh, you know, for entrepreneurship, very friendly to business owners, to young companies, um, very, very affordable for, you know, a small business kind of deal. And that was exciting for me. And, and, and I liked their locations, you know, they were always in kind of um, downtown crossroads, Brookside, cool areas, Prairie village, uh, which touch a lot of entrepreneurs that live in those areas. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Matt, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> um, when did you start uh, start a business, man? How, how what, what were you out of college? I, I noticed you uh, you did the MBA law school route. I, did. I I decided to just do the law school route. I thought about the M- <laughs> MBA law school route or the law school journalism route at Mizzou, but uh, I couldn't I couldn't handle another year. Uh, you managed to do that. I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did actually, and I always talk about my entrepreneurial journey starting. Um, growing up as a farm kid, Toby Rush and I actually, we, we were talking about this the other day about that was really the, the foundation for understanding entrepreneurship in, in a, in a, I think a fundamentally different way. And one that I've relied upon over my career as, you know, highs and lows occur is that, that kind of agricultural startup where, mm-hmm. um, you know, farmers 
plant a crop and then, um, you know, they hope and pray for the best during that amount of time. And then they, they harvest that crop and they've got a day to either mourn or celebrate. And then the next morning they got to get up and do it again. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that was a great start to it. Try to carry that experience through, um, undergrad at Iowa state, uh, an MBA out East and then did finish my law degree right here in KU. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Um, and you grew up in, uh, in Iowa? Iowa, North, Northwest Iowa. So yeah. you had to be kind of into farming up there, right? Yeah, everybody was. I didn't know anybody <laughs> was. Yeah, there was the, the, our, our nearest neighbors were the Collinses. They were a mile and a half away. So we looked across the cornfield at them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so right, you know, early in 2003, you kind of, you started this ARC physical therapy. I did. I mean, how did you go from a law student and a lawyer uh, growing up on a farm to, to get into physical therapy. You know, it's, it's kind of the power of network. So, um, in 1998, actually, um, right after undergrad and before I started, um, my MBA, I did an internship down in Florida at a mm-hmm. place called the International Performance Institute. And I should have done that when I was in college, yeah. an internship in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and eight kids from around the country, there happened to be one other Iowa farm kid. And wow. so we, uh, brilliant guy. Um, we, we became friends cause, um, you know, we just grew up in a similar environment. Mm-hmm. He went off and started what has now become the largest privately held physical therapy company in the country. And so, um, through grad school and law school, I'd visit with them. Um, they'd bring me into Chicago and we'd look at their business plan mm-hmm. and really, um, transcended not necessarily physical therapy, but getting passionate about healthcare and healthcare law and, um, opportunities within that sector. And so, it's really a tribute to this community. I graduated from law school in 2002, um, December 2002. I was going to go work at a law firm and save some money and ran into some investors here locally that said, you know, if you run it, we'll fund it. And so we raised um, some early seed capital here. Um, Back in the early 2000s. 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, opened a clinic, really a, a, a technology-backed service before, you know, transparency and data were, were sexy things in healthcare. Um, so we were right place, right time, right people, right team, and it, we were just fortunate it grew quickly. Well, that's cool that your uh, your family also probably. Uh, I mean, when you go to law school and get your MBA, they're probably <laughs> expecting you to uh, go right into making money, right, and to find a law job at a law practice. Most people out there, yeah, they, you know, they have debt or they're like, you know what, I've been to school as a lawyer. We're kind of the same type of guy. Um, maybe go a non traditional route uh, after that education. Yeah, my, my, you know, my parents, um, you know, were fortunate to get some scholarship money, but my parents were very much, you know, chase your dream over, yeah. over the paycheck. And so my dad always said he's a farmer because he loves farming and, um, he wouldn't want to do anything else, even though there's a lot of stress associated with that. Mm-hmm. And he kind of left that legacy upon all of his kids that go, go, go really find what you're passionate about and do that. I liked law school. I never really wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, when those opportunities manifested themselves, Nobody called me crazy at the time. I'm I'm kind of surprised, you know, right, but now. they didn't. Yeah, and you know, a lot of your classmates probably were like, "I don't get it," because they were because they were like trying to get jobs at the top ten law firms. And, they were, yeah, wherever. Yeah, um, yeah. They start working ninety five hours a week. Casual Sundays. <laughs> so I still remember casual Sundays. The guys that got the casual Sunday jobs. And, uh, <laughs> so you did this. Uh, that's interesting. Um, and you grew pretty fast, right? We did. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, tribute to this community had really at an early stage people. Just come in and, 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 um, say, Hey, you know, we're willing to help you if, if, uh, if you're looking for some help. And so, um, you know, being a typical entrepreneur, I, I took advantage of all those opportunities that I could, um, to really connect with the leadership of this community. What was the believe. community like back then? Because I wasn't in the entrepreneurial community and then I was in the political world. I mean, was it, 
was it in its infancy? I mean, we had an entrepreneurship yeah. history in our city, obviously. But what was yeah. that like for you to get funding and do all that other stuff you had to do as an early stage company in 2003? The, the funding was, um, you know, it's one of the assets of this community that you can start a company with um, less capital than it takes on the coast, for sure. It was certainly far more fragmented than it is today. Mm-hmm. We had this legacy, this kind of delta between, you know, Kaufman and Stowers and all these unbelievable entrepreneurs, Hellsberg and, and Block. Mm-hmm. But we had had a pretty big delta between the next generation, I would say. Um, and so it was a little disjointed at the time, but there were people willing to take a risk on me individually. And I think, you know, that whole kind of entrepreneur first mentality, I certainly didn't go and, um, you know, suggest that I had all the answers. I just said, look, I'll work really, really hard at this. I believe in it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there'll be ups and downs. And so I think that kind of Midwest candor played with some people. Mm-hmm. You're and from Iowa, went. so it worked. Kansas, they it worked. Were, they were, you're right next door, so they were like, cool, this guy's from, it's guy's from Iowa, not from Kansas City, <laughs> yeah. you know, but we'll, we'll accept him. He went to Cable yeah. Law School. He's cool. Yeah, that, that, I think that agricultural <laughs> root system is here as well. And so, oh, yeah, that, for that, sure. It's the same. Uh, thanks for listening to the show today. We'll be right back after the break. We're talking to Matt Condon, who's the CEO of Bardavan Health Innovations and ARC Physical Therapy, and Michael Viazoli, the president and CEO of Bank of Kansas City. You're listening to Grill Nation here on 980 AM and talk980am.com. We'll be right back. First things first, I'm the realest. realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. right. You should want a bad bitch like this. I just want to chill, got a sack for us to roll. Married to the money, introduced her to my stove. Showed her how to whip and now she remakes it for low. She my track queen, let Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. You're listening to 980 AM and on talk980am.com. Appreciate listening as well on podcasts at, on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. Um, appreciate you all connecting with me on social media at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. I'm joined today by uh, Michael Vizzoli, President and CEO of Bank of Kansas City, as well as Matthew Condon, who's the CEO of Bardavan Health Innovations and CEO of ARC Physical Therapy, an entrepreneur here in Kansas City who's very civically involved in our community as well. Matthew, we were talking about um, kind of the growth of your business, why you decided to get in physical therapy. Uh, one of the things along the way that was exciting and maybe new at the time was the importance of data yeah. when you were building this business. Um, tell us about that and how that kind of played a role uh, in in your valuation as you grew. So it, it was also very segment um, specific. So not just physical therapy, but physical therapy within the workers' compensation segment. So um, it was an important component to what we were trying to accomplish because um, – it's employer directed or employer influenced. If I, if I work for you and I get injured, um, you have the ability to direct where I go. Mm-hmm. And when you do so, that's a really important conversation you're having with your employees about how much you care about their health and wellness. And so, um, to us to be able to make a value proposition to the C-suite or decision maker at an employer about taking that conversation really, um, uh, carefully and having it in a way that, that they, they understand how much it transcends just the direction nature, but really it's, it's a communication opportunity. There's a HIPAA waiver in all mm, 50 yes, states, yeah. which allows us to track data in new ways. And um, the employer is really exposed to the total cost of the claim. So we went in with that mentality that we were going to go beyond just providing a service, but track data in a way that would articulate back to the employers, not just what they were getting for their money, but who was performing better versus who wasn't um, okay. all the way through the system. So um, in, to say we, uh, we, you know, it started on Excel and we started tracking data on a, on a, on a, on a pretty simple template <clears throat> Yeah, 
as we went from 300 visits a year to 80,000, we had to start hiring programmers to really uh, make that a more process efficient um, system. So we did that really from 2003 to 2012. And what we understood was that um, by tracking the data, it incented the providers to perform better. And by performing better, they create a better value to the employers and the injured employees. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's when, you know, this kind of um, opportunity to kind of split the road a little bit and right, be more than right. just a service provider, but be a, uh, a truly base, cloud-based um, software solution for employers um, was happened. So you kind of, you weren't a consultant, but you had a product that you could, yeah. you could share basically. We had a product that really transcended all their consultants mm-hmm. and, and all the consultants could utilize. And it was a view into what was actually happening, um, aside from just the claims cost standpoint, but from the provider performance standpoint. And that's kind of, you know, that's what we're looking for in this um, new era of healthcare. We're trying right. to find out who are the better providers. Um, how do we incent them and compensate them? Mm-hmm. That's outside of just a fee for service world. Right. Um, that's where healthcare is moving. And we, um, candidly just got there first. Um, and, and it's in a pretty controlled segment. And so, um, you know, it, it was, it, there was a lot of just fortunate, um, reality for us. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, when did, uh, technically, when did you move on to your next business? What year was that? Um, it was December 13th, 2013. It was three years <laughs> ago today. Uh, and so, and, and really, um, so we closed that, um, and it was a, a great exit and for you, our you investors. Done, you know, millions in revenue at that point. Uh, yeah. 11 million or 12 million, I read maybe in revenue. Yeah. We grew from, yeah, a few, like maybe a hundred thousand the first year, 90 employees, um, 11 million in revenue. And it was a, it was, you know, it's public. It was a $39 million exit, um, for mm-hmm. our investors. Um, but I stayed on. So I got to stay on as CEO. They I, let the, they let the brains behind the operation yeah, stay no, on board, Michael. Yeah. I don't know. If that's true. And, uh, yeah. Maybe I got to learn from that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, I'm honored and, and that's my, that's, you know, that's their family to me. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to help them. They've grown since, um, mm-hmm. ARC, we've grown since we have grown yeah. since, um, in really significant ways. And we've, we've done it, um, while utilizing on um, the technology of my next startup, which was part of on health innovations. So what, how much time did you take off before you, you still had the job there as CEO, obviously. Yeah. Um, but maybe in a little reduced role is when you started it. But what, how much time did you take off? You just jump right into Bardem and Health Innovations? Took Saturday and Sunday off. Okay. And, and again, honestly, that's probably my wife, if she was here and had a microphone in front of her, she'd say, we could have taken a little more time off, um, but was excited about, I was excited, I was excited about what ARC was doing and growing. I was excited about the opportunity with Bardavon and I couldn't wait. Um, is that, u- is that unique in the entrepreneurial business world to, um, kind of stay on as a CEO of one company, but then start another? Just curious, because I think entrepreneurs would be interested in that. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think every deal is different, right? Yeah. Um, and so um, I had a partner at Bardavon that's still one of, you know, a great friend of me, and we had a great 10-year history. He um, <clears throat> wanted to move on and do other things, and so they, part of the structure of our deal was that I would agree to stay on. Okay. But that wasn't really a negotiation piece. I mean, I was excited to stay on. And um, and so, you know, I think every deal is different. For me, it was a, it was an honor that they even asked, and and I and I still love being there. I'm there probably a day a week now. Okay, but um, you know that's we, cool. We're across the street. I've got two corporate offices literally across the street from each other, and I go back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it like uh, as you grew raising money? I mean, at that time in Kansas City, you mentioned you got it at the beginning, but obviously to scale, you had to maybe dilute yourself a little bit and get more investors. 
Yeah, so I mean, very different experiences. So ARC, we didn't actually. So that okay. initial investment was all we ever raised, That's which, great. which transcended into the the exit. That was that helped me. Now with Bardemon, we have raised capital, and and undoubtedly that ARC experience helped tell the story about why um, our investors now would invest. And you know, I would say um, it's always a question people ask. We've raised um, a significant amount of money here locally. Um, well, you had the track record. You had, had the, the track had record the, at that point, and. Yeah, and, and raised the right money, raised it from people that were in our space. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and again, I'll come back to, you know, that point we were talking about earlier with, with, with Mo Bank and, and Bank of Kansas, uh, Michael's group. We, leadership matters. Mm-hmm. And when you have leaders like Michael and Grant that come together, um, certainly access to capital and, um, you know, the banks can do that, but, but the intellectual capital and the ability to advise and counsel and be a friend and be, um, um, you know, just, just somebody there is, is so important in this community. Mm-hmm. And I've certainly used Michael a lot over the last several years and, and our other investors in this community. Um, you know, Michael's not an investor, but people like that, that's the asset that's so important to this community. And we've got it here. We've got a willingness to share information from our, from our business leadership like Michael. Michael, Grant. do you see that in, uh, in your daily life, the investors and bankers and everyone kind of more of a community atmosphere nowadays in Kansas oh, yeah. city? Yeah, it's, it's, it's. And, and more now than ever before, and I think it's a culmination of, of several different factors. Part of it is around the entrepreneur initiative uh, that the chamber's heading up, part of the big five. Part of it is just you have different business leaders that are at different stages in their lives that have also got liquidity to be able to invest, and they want to one give back, but they also want to be smart about their money. Mm-hmm. And then they see, see situations like Bardavon and with Matt, and those, those are relatively easy answers in my mind as to kind of how you go about doing that. And it's, it's exciting times because there's, there's such an emphasis overall in entrepreneurism and something I think we've all kind of learned is a higher gotten more comfortable with a higher risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. You know, each of us has different perspectives on what that means, but I think everyone's elevated it a little bit Mm -hmm. and that gives opportunities for like a part of Honda kind of grow and prosper well, it, let's let's get into that bardavon um <laughs> the second let's business what yeah. what what is the difference what does it do why the name uh yeah it's the first three things i think about and remember i'm not an educated uh, healthcare <laughs> entrepreneur like you yeah this is a complex world here uh well i think you know so the arc the physical therapy clinics um because the way that they collected data was really um uh, ahead of its time right mm-hmm. And we created the technology, and it was really just a client-server-based technology that um, facilitated the collection of data that transcended price to value. Mm-hmm. Um, ARC grew quickly. Um, advisors at that time were asking why it wasn't growing even quicker, and because it's difficult to get, um, it's difficult to find locations, it's difficult to hire staff. But the world had changed over that amount of time too, to where cloud-based technology became not just possible but um, common. And so um, what we understood in 2012 was that the world was going to continue to change. This um, hunger for data and transparency was going to continue to grow. And so um, took that opportunity to transition the clinics to a different partner that would focus on the service side of it mm-hmm. and focused our time and effort on really creating that, taking that client server-based software and pushing it to the cloud and then enabling physical therapy clinics all over the country to provide a higher level of quality service for their clients and employers that were directing care to them and really change the way that orthopedic care is given. And so um, today, while ARC has 18 clinics around this community and provide exceptional service, Bardavon supports 
I believe almost 3,000 around the country wow. and providing um, really superior levels of service and superior levels of transparency and data to employers all over the country. And um, that's exciting. That is exciting. Um, we have a minute left in this segment. Uh, how, <laughs> how do, what's your best advice for uh, sales and marketing of growing a business like that for an entrepreneur across the country? 3,000 places is a lot. It is. You know, I think Salesforce, if not have clear direction and clear strategies can be the most expensive things you do, right? So I'm right. um, finding the right sales force, finding the right salespeople, and then having clearly defined goals and strategies for them to go hit the marketplace and not get in front of your skis, um, but really do it within the confines of your business capabilities in real time is important. It's about communication, direction, and motivation all the time. And, and Salesforce, especially external ones, it's very important that you stay really tightly in line with that group. Mm-hmm. And if you do so effectively, it can be special. Sure sounds like it. I like those words. Communication. What were they? Communication. Uh, direction, direction and motivation. Motivation and yeah, sales. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, people have to pick up the phone sometimes too, right? Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to add, you know, particularly when you look at a business like Matt's, is if you, got, if you have a mission, and I think there's a broader mission to what they're trying to do with the data in healthcare mm-hmm. and deliver a higher level of outcome for the patient and for the provider and for the employer, I mean, that is unique, and you can get people to buy into that mission that then helps align all these other things. But that's at the core of what I see. Totally agree. We'll be right back on Grill Nation. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM. Well, welcome back to the show. This is Jason Grill. You're listening to Grill Nation on KMBZ 980 AM. And thanks for joining me today on GrillNationShow.com as well as on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. Uh, I've had a great show today. I appreciate our guests. Uh, Michael Viazoli, President and CEO of the Bank of Kansas City, uh, for all of his support of the radio show. And uh, obviously, he brings a great wealth of knowledge and insight. Uh, he actually had to leave to go uh, do his job. <laughs> yeah. And so, but luckily we're here with uh, Matt Condon, who's joining me. His Twitter handle is at the Matt Condon. He's the CEO of ARC Physical Therapy and Bardavan Health Innovations. Uh, Matt, we were talking about off air about policy and, and, you know, you've, you've expanded into all these different states. I mean, yeah. is that something that you, you kind of monitor or do you have people to help you with that? And, and how does that affect you? Because you are in the healthcare space. We do. I mean, it's obviously anybody in healthcare space is being impacted hugely by policy and have been, you know, really post ACA being the most significant, you know, policy. But now that's, that could totally change next year, right? So, yeah. And I think, you know, what gives us strength and confidence moving forward is, um, regardless of the form and structure, I believe that transparency and data and a, and a, and a search toward value in healthcare, we're going to have to figure out because it's increasingly unaffordable. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in that space and, and building data and transparency, I think is, is the right space to be in in healthcare. And we feel like we're, that's where we are. So we'll, we'll navigate policy. Um, we'll react to it. The nice thing about being a small business is we are more nimble than our much larger competitors. So I think that's a, that's a benefit mm-hmm. to where we are right now. Um, but it's something we have to be vigilant about. Yeah. Right. Um, do you ever think about anything else besides entrepreneur uh, healthcare? <laughs> you, know, I mean, you, you, you know, family, right? Yeah, family, um, right? Family. I've got four kids and, and uh, you know, my wife has been an unbelievable partner through this journey. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, actually the effort is on a Friday or Saturday night to not think about healthcare and to put the phone down and to go 
um, have a meal and visit about anything not healthcare sure. um, or, or entrepreneurial in nature. And that's been, that's been good for us. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it comes from within. It's a true passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I really believe in. Um, so I think that, that too is, uh, gives us strength through the hard times for sure. So you, uh, took a role in the civic community with the chamber, uh, in entrepreneurship. Tell me about that. Um, why'd you do that? And what do you think, uh, been the positives, uh, since you started doing that a few years ago? Well, it kind of goes to what we, we talked about in in 2010, we won the Mr. K Mm -hmm. and not being a Kansasidian, going through and that that's experience. a hard process it I is mean, a hard process it's a very hard process yeah. to get recognized in the title 10 let alone the the top dog there yeah and, and I, I learned about kansas city through that experience and learned and was inspired about mr k and his story and then um through that experience greg graves put me on the chamber board mm-hmm. um and and sat, sat in a room with a, a bunch of people that you know i didn't understand before and really the first thing that i understood is that this group of people really cares about the way this city looks two decades from now um right wrong whether you agree with them or disagree with them they care mm-hmm. and they have the ability to move the needle. And so as opposed to like moving into a political life, it made sense to me to kind of look at the the example that Mr. K set, because he certainly impacted this community in ways that we're still enjoying today and try to work my way and my role of impacting the community through the private sector and through um, civic involvement in my mm-hmm. businesses. So um, that's been a journey I've been on really since then. And, uh, it's, it's changed and evolved and I'm vice chair now. And, um, assuming I don't get voted off the Island, I have the, I'll chair it, uh, next November. Um, but it's been, it's been an awesome experience for me. And, and one that really I'm inspired all the time by other leaders in this community, Michael, um, and others that, that give so much and, and don't ask for recognition for it. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of time, a lot, it's of, a lot time of time for me. The chamber is a big organization. Yeah. You know, I think that's where you got to keep recognizing that this is about my kids, mm-hmm. right? And this is about our kids and, and making sure that this city looks in a way that will attract them mm-hmm. to come back here and raise their families here and start their businesses here. I think we have to sow those seeds now. We can't wait for 15 years and try to figure it out. We've got to do it now um, and, and, and start that process. What are some of the things that you are most excited about uh, that we've been doing here in town uh, that potentially in 20 years could be pretty cool? You know, I think um, the Urban Neighborhood Initiative has been unbelievable, mm-hmm. um, what they've done there. But I do think for me, because it's where I spent my time, this whole entrepreneurial ecosystem and what's happening in this space, um, connecting the corporations, connecting really key, you know, leaders from around the world that li- happen to live in this city to invest in startups, those seed investments or early investments, um, and, and just the really the collaborative nature of so many formerly disparate pieces of this community to get together and say, hey, we are really going to build a special ecosystem here. And it's not going to be Silicon Valley. It's not going to be Boston. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Kansas City. And if we do that well, that can be an incredibly powerful region for entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got intellectual capital. We've got operating costs. It's, a, it's an inexpensive place to, to start a business. It's a great community to, to attract you know, young talent from around the country to come to this community. And now we're really starting to put some organization to our financial capital. And if we figure all those pieces out, we, we, um, we can be really strong. And talking to people in the tech space, I mean, we do have tech jobs here. We do. I mean, there are a lot of high paying jobs in Kansas City that, you know, people don't maybe realize. There we, are this, there are a lot of tech companies in Kansas City. There are. And, and, you know, that's, you know, by nature of the changing world of technology, they're incredibly interconnected. And as we get more, it, it benefits everyone. You know, you, the exits of iVerify and other companies, those are really great um, opportunities for my business because people that are maybe working at a company in San Francisco or Boston right now, 
are seeing that it can happen in our community mm-hmm. and they'll take a risk on a startup because if that startup doesn't work, there's probably another startup around here that they can go work for. Right. And that kind of density is really important from our attraction of talent standpoint. And if you can attract talent, if you can win the talent game, you can win. Yeah, really. You definitely can. Um, I noticed at the chamber uh, annual dinner this year, they had uh, three entrepreneurs speak. They did. Yeah. Um, all from different walks of life. And maybe 10 years ago, that wouldn't have happened. Would not have happened, for sure. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, I'll go back to 2000 and I believe 14, we had a speaker that came from outside of the city, and then Henry Block walked on stage. And Henry Black stood on stage and said, you know, I'm fortunate I wasn't the best student because I learned to work hard. And I was fortunate that um, he went through all of his really Kansas City story and I think just blew the crowd away. And from that moment on, I think the chamber and, and everybody realized we don't have to look outside of Kansas City anymore for really great stories mm-hmm. about uh, about what's happening. We can look from within. And it was a perfect example. There were three different stage entrepreneurs from this community that are doing it and mm-hmm. are, are hiring people and making this community better. And, and building jobs and building, you know, wealth. And some of them, obviously, you might have heard of, like yeah. Toby Rush. Yeah. Uh, others I had never heard of. And I have had this radio show for four years and talked to entrepreneurs, CEOs, who's who, yeah. Kansas City, and some of them I hadn't heard of, uh, which is interesting. I mean, it's always cool in Kansas City to meet someone or talk to someone or hear from someone that maybe has been under the under the radar as far as, like, yeah. your typical entrepreneurship circles. Right. Yeah. And, I, you, and know, you were kind of the same way. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, you you were you had your head down and you're working in a very yeah. unique space. It wasn't like you were building an app or yeah, uh, starting a, a clothing company. I mean, you were building something and kind of rose out of like, you know, got to started getting exposure uh, when you, you know, on your path and through the relationships. But yeah. it is always cool for me to meet someone that, you know, maybe you've never heard of that sold their business for over a hundred million dollars. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Major. He's great. So <laughs> major. I, I, yeah. And, and, major and I got to have him on the show. Oh yeah. It's great. He, it just, it's amazing stories. Amazing stories. And that's the reality. As you said, you, you kind of, I always say you're in the foxhole for so much while you're building yeah, those the companies. People that are successful are. Yeah. You're, you're, not, you're not getting out that much. And so, um, but those connections are important and they're happening more and more in this community. Uh, Matt Condon is uh, been our guest today on Grill Nation Show. He's the CEO of ARC Physical Therapy and Bardavin Health Innovations. His uh, Twitter handle is at the Matt Condon. Uh, he's also very involved, as we mentioned, in the Kansas City Civic community. Uh, Matt, I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, keep up the good work. And uh, hopefully, they they let you stay on the island and uh, you'll be chair of the uh, chamber next year. Well, thank you. I, I just thanks for giving me the opportunity. This is the kind of stuff that helps build special ecosystems, and so. Uh can't thank you guys enough for just giving me the opportunity to sit here. Appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for listening to Grill Nation Show today. Check us out on grillnationshow.com for all of our podcasts and photos of our guests. We'll see you again next week. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks.